Kelvin Cam is a rare find when it comes to success and the desire to disrupt the status quo. He's someone who's able to see the world through a uniquely different lens. And as a matter of fact, it resonated so much with me that I've recently joined him on his decades-long journey in real estate. What you'll hear from this episode, which happens to be his second contribution to the Better Tomorrow podcast, is his take on the market as it stands today. But what I'm really hoping you'll take from this conversation is his ability to monetize a dream he had 20 years ago, which is to say that he was able to take an idea and a vision and create a business around it. In his case, a real estate company that's come to be known as Sequoia Real Estate. And more so, to bring others along for the journey and to make sure that his business is able to redistribute its earnings to help everyone that's coming along for the ride. It's no small feat what we're talking about today, my friends. If anything, it's one of the most authentic examples of creating a better tomorrow that I've had the chance to be part of throughout the years. This was my conversation with Kelvin Cam. My name is Kelvin Cam, uh, founder of Sequoia Real Estate. Uh, I've been in real estate since 2013, uh, so 20 years. I started out as an investor out of state, and then within one year, I was lucky enough to quit my tech job and go all into real estate. Uh, did a lot of out-of-state investments. When the market turned, um, thought that it was a good opportunity to start a brokerage out here in the Bay Area. Born and raised here, so I wanted to build something and have something there. Looked around, I didn't really see that what I wanted to join was there. So that's what drove me to build Sequoia Real Estate 13 years ago in uh, 2010. Fast forward now, we have four offices, over 100 agents, and plan to grow to 20 offices in five years with 1,000 agents in Northern California. Hey, we appreciate having you here again, Kelvin. And just for those who might be new to our Better Tomorrow community, this certainly isn't the first time you and I have sat down for a conversation. As a matter of fact, I'm proud to say it's been ongoing for over a decade at this point. And you know this, but what's always resonated with me is your desire to be very caring about those you bring into the Sequoia family and the leadership that's developed as a result of that. Tell me more about the kind of folks who've joined you over the years. Uh, people are very important to me. It's a, it's a lifeline of a company. I know it's a, we all know that as business owners, but as you're growing, it's hard to remember that because we all want to grow fast and we get attracted to new things, new technology, new ways of growing, uh, buzz, everything that's just buzzing around you and lose kind of focus on what really matters is your people around you. So uh, I always constantly remind myself about that. On my way here, I was listening to an <laughs> audiobook, Good to Great. This is my second time listening to it, and I just love it. And they talk about these level five leaders. So it's uh, listening to people talk, listening to podcasts, listening to our agents. But this book talks about, it's like, it's not just people that are important assets in your company. It's the right people. The right people don't need to be motivated. The right people you don't need to manage. You know, they're self-sufficient. The right people understand the vision of the company and will take it like it's theirs and grow alongside with you. I feel that's the only way to grow. You know, so from the get-go in the beginning, when I started a company, it's, it's really finding the right people to fit the culture. We haven't sent out a recruiting letter, you know, to attract agents. 
because I didn't want to um, have this mass flow of people to interview. It's just not, I don't have, we don't have time for that, right? So we really put ourselves out there to attract the right people and the people that really want to join us. So I don't have to sell and, and recruit. Uh, so people that join, I know, have seen what we can do, what, what the environment that we have, uh, they know it fits them. So what I'm hearing is that you've grown the company by way of attracting others to the values you believe in and ultimately to the Sequoia way of doing business. Would it make sense to say that there's a specific type of agent that fits the mold? When we first started 13 years ago, there were very few agents above 35, 40. I was probably one, maybe the top five oldest. Maybe I'm the top five oldest now, but still, or top 10. Uh, so I think we always had a younger vibe, but as we grew, I, I looked at it internally. I don't, I don't think it's the youngness, it's actually the energy. That's what I look at. It's a, it's a young energy, so I think anyone, and I've seen it, people, at a old, people of all ages can have that energy. And one of our agents named Sonny Chan, he's just a little bit older than me, but he's definitely has one of the most energy, most energetic guys in our company. I mean, he still probably dances better than his kids, you know, so it's legit. <laughs> Sing songs a little better than me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in the beginning I thought, okay, people say we're a, young, we're a young company. Who is this young company, you know? Do they, you know, like, and sometimes people equate young with inexperience. I've kind of looked at it as, the young energy as being a, um, a positive. It's uh, when, when you look at the real estate industry as a whole, it, it, can, be, it can be labeled as an older industry. And a lot of the established folks, the ones that are visible, that, that has the deals, have been in business for a while. So they're naturally a little older and they've grown their way in a certain way and it works for them. So they'll probably keep growing that way. At some point, new players will come into the game and uh, I feel as the market changes, the environment changes, the needs of the buyers and sellers changes, we as realtors have to evolve with the community and having a, a younger, energetic type vibe and openness, I think it uh, can help, will help the company and also the agents grow. You know, I've thought a lot about this over the last few months, especially as someone who's relatively new to the real estate profession. And I'm positive you're having this very conversation multiple times a day. And it's a fact that in all reality, it's a really difficult time for the real estate world and for the lending industry as well. Interest rates are staggering and astonishing to most consumers. And it's created somewhat of a gridlock when it comes to transactions on both the buying and the selling side. How do you, as someone who's weathered a few storms yourself, see things from your vantage point? To me, this is a more difficult time. And for me personally, it's because in that time around 2007 is when I was ramping up to build Sequoia. I didn't have, I didn't have a team behind me yet. It was just me. So I, it was difficult, but I didn't feel the pre I didn't feel the load behind me. It's just myself and my family. And I asked my wife, "Is she be with me if I fail?" She said, "Yes." So I had so much uh, energy behind me, even though it's a down market. And I actually, at that point in time, it was the time I got into foreclosures and and built a business around that. Um, so it's less 
pressure from building a brokerage at that point because it's just about me then. Um, so it's a little different. Right now, it, it is a tough time because uh, specifically for me, it's, I, I do feel a little bit of the pressure from uh, supporting the, the agents we have and providing so much more because it, I know that it's tough. I, I know it's tough because we've been blessed in the previous years with almost automatic deals, you know. And when I say we, I'm talking about our community of realtors, not, not you know, just because, and that's why a few years ago, everyone, everyone, and, their, everyone and their moms would get real estate licenses, right? That I would just be part-time and, and close one or two deals a year, and like, that's an extra $50,000, yay, <laughs> right? And even if you were a serious realtor two years ago and during COVID, those, that's what one of your best years possible because people, just called you up left and right, and you didn't have to really prospect or nurture to, to get deals. And it's, it's a crazy market back then, the way, the way, our, the way realtors experience. It's no wonder it attracted so many people to get into the game because it almost, you can almost not do anything. And when you put your hand up there and say, a realtor, deals would just come. So that's not a typical business in, in any, any industry, any world. And so right now, even though it's a tough market, this is actually a market that is right and correct to train the right people that want to be in this business. Now you actually have to work. Now you can't sit and wait. Now you have to really, when you wake up, like, how am I going to produce? I'm a salesperson now. I'm running my own business. What do I need to do today to actually get traction? If my life depended on it this week, can I get a lead? That's the mentality you have to have. And it, it, sound, it may sound a little scary, but it, it's not. You have 40 hours or more in a week to work. What are you really doing? In any sales position, I, and I came from sales before, um, before real estate, it is all up to the, the person, individual. And it is nicer to get fed some leads to work on, but even then you have to get out and get your own leads and also know how to nurture those relationships. So it's, it is a tough time, but I, I like it. It weeds out people that are not serious. It gives the serious folks an opportunity to take and get more market share. It really gives us all a check on how we should run a business, really treat it like a business. And if you're really serious about it and put the, um, the um, put some things in motion, the process in place. And when the market does pick up in a few years, anyone that's working hard now will be way ahead of anybody else that's gonna be coming in game then. And so how are you expressing those thoughts to Sequoia Real Estate internally and then to the community at large? So literally this morning, someone texted me jokingly like, hey, I should buy a place in the city you know, for the weekends you know, blah, 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 and all that. And I think most realtors are like, okay, hey, let me, um, you know, what type of property are you looking at? But my immediate answer was like, actually right now it's probably better to rent, you know, especially if you're just gonna use this place on the weekends. Right? This person lived in San Jose and he comes to the city on the weekends. I'm like, no. And I know the, the person was maybe just testing me out to see what kind of person I am, right? And that's how I want, that's how I try to encourage our agents where it's about being that, that resource, not that salesperson, not that car or phone sales guy, but really a consultant. There's this thing where 
uh, if you talk to real estate uh, coaches or real salesy real estate folks, they ask you, hey, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? And then the salesy realtor will be like, it's always a good time to buy. It's always a good time to sell. And I, and I laugh at that because it's not, you know, but that's one, that's one route, you know, of sales folks. Like they're hungry and they want to work. But I think you could, I think you can position yourself. I think you could still be hungry, but not be so scripted and so salesy. Like it's the way we position is like, man, it, it's the times have changed. Like I, you should understand that your audience already knows what's going on. They, they know the interest rates have jumped up double. So they know that most people are taking their time. And we as realtors don't need to push anyone to selling or buying. As I know some coaches do that. Like, you know, they're on a fence, push them to buy or sell. No, no. Like the way we want to approach it is you, you hang around, you provide guidance and support, you gain their trust, you be their friend, you, you be that person there for them. There's a higher chance that they know someone in their network that's going to buy or sell this year versus they themselves are going to buy or sell this year. So when we're out there meeting people, forget about selling, you know, forget about convincing them, build a relationship and then they'll refer you to that day, that year. So, so in any market, whether it's hard or easy, that's the same approach. So if you just focus on the approach of meeting people and building your network, gaining trust, building a community behind you, it doesn't matter what market it is, right? It really doesn't. It's uh, the market just distracts you. It's like you're in the fourth quarter, right? Nothing changes in the fourth quarter, but in the fourth quarter, everything changes because it's the fourth quarter, right? But actually, no, you still got your skills. You still, you still, you can still, you know, uh, shoot. You can still play defense. Just focus on your game. So your game as a realtor really is to build those relationships and be in front of the audience, support them what they need. Uh, keep doing that and the deals will come. That's like music to my ears, man. And that makes my heart feel good, you know? Because that's what Better Tomorrow is all about. Austin and I and the rest of the team, we're working to build this community and we're building it to help folks build wealth through real estate. And I've got this belief, you know, whether it's right or wrong is debatable, but I think this is such a great time to help people invest in real estate. Because even though interest rates are high, that means housing prices are relatively low in comparison. And so what a better time to use the money you might have in equity or that sitting in your bank account and go in some place like Huntsville, Alabama, putting it into a property, getting a good price for it, renting it out, and then planning to refinance in the near future to get that interest rate down. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about potentially becoming an investor, even in today's market? I mean, I'm sure you just take a step back and you ask anybody, they, they know right now is actually a good time to buy for investment, for investment. Buying to live, like Robert Kiyosaki says, buying your home to live in may be a liability, right? An asset is actually produces income. So buying an investment property, th there is no bad time because if you find the right property at the right price, it's a good time. So there may be less deals, you know, because there's, the inventory may be, may, may be less in certain areas. But you, if you understand your criteria and you study a market and you know that's a place you want to invest in, then you, you search, you work with people that will find you deals. And after you look at a field, the right one will come up for sure, for sure. On my way here, I was, uh, someone sent me a deal for a property in, in Fair Oaks, which is Sacramento, uh, 510, which seems you know, pretty, pretty below market. 
when I ran a comps was 800,000 or more, right? So two, it's a 3,000 square foot home. But see, in this market, it's tricky. So 510 and uh, it's worth about 800, right? Seems like a good, a good spread. But when I run the comps, the last, the last six, the last uh, six months, 80% uh, of the homes that sold in the neighborhood were $700,000 or less. And then a lot of the ones that are still on the market now are the $800,000 to a million. So what that tells me is homes are still selling, opportunity is still there, but the higher price point of a certain neighborhood are, is slowing down. So flipping is still possible if that's something you wanna do, but you wanna buy the properties that are in the entry level. So if someone sent me a home that's $300,000 that's worth 500, I'm all over that. Someone sells me that's 500 is worth 800, I said, mm, maybe not. Just be a little, um, a little more patient and not as aggressive in this market for that type of investments, uh, for flipping. Tell me more about how the script changes when we start talking about investing for long-term cash flow instead of flipping the property. I think um, buying an investment property, cash flow is key, or at least breaking even. Uh, when I got in the game back, uh, back in the days, the first few properties I bought cash flow, but when the market picked up, the, the, the other ones I bought did not. And I was a little too um, aggressive in that way and thinking that, oh, you know, it's a negative 200, negative 300, it's fine a month. But you add, if you buy five, 10 properties, that becomes a negative couple thousand. And then the market turns and things happen there. So really just, if it, you want to cover your mortgage, you know, you want to cover your mortgage. Um, so you find markets that you feel comfortable with, that cash flows an amount that you, that you would like and get in at a price that you feel has room to grow. And it's good to target the areas where you can potentially see um, appreciation. Uh, and it sounds really great. Yeah, oh yeah, let's find a place that cash flows and can, can appreciate. But it can happen more now because everything is slowing down. Most areas dropped over 20% since last year and it may still drop some more. So really, look at the bigger picture of, of, of the whole country, like where, where the opportunities are, where, where are people moving, where, where's the job growth still, and when, where, when the market turns, that place will actually appreciate. I, I know that's speculation, so let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Um, speculation to me, it's uh, looking at an area and buying somewhere that's close by, thinking that if this area appreciates, that will too, if you follow that. Uh, I guess speculation is, hoping that an area will appreciate for maybe no reason. It's just the pure fact that there's other areas appreciating. But what I'm suggesting is you look at the fundamentals of why a, a neighborhood would appreciate in value. And that is, to me, the simple things of population growth and job growth. So if you look at those simple numbers in any city and they are, they are on a positive and an uppity up, then even if the housing prices dropped, that may be the right place to actually buy in because you know that at some point it's gonna pick back up because of the demand. Right? This is a little bump in the road, but you, if, you see the, if you see that growth happening, you see the businesses popping up there, that place is gonna grow no matter what. You can't, you can't tell me otherwise. Uh, so that's how I target those, target your future out-of-state investments. I love it. I love everything you just laid out there because it reinforces the idea and the belief that it's still the right time for real estate. It's just that you'll have to reframe your perspective and see things from a different angle to make sense of it all. 
So let's bring it all home with a question I know you're familiar with. In your mind, how do we work together to create a better tomorrow? I feel each one of us have a bigger purpose than what we're doing now. Uh, I have to believe that. And if we all can, if we can all put our energy together and first become a better version of yourself uh, to reach your full potential and also at the same time elevate others to do the same, the world we create will be so much more amazing than what it is now. And to kind of just bring it back all this is like it's how the only way that can happen is is us being open to learning, evolving, growing, not just on your own, but with others and to, with, with all of us together. That's how we elevate, elevate a community. Here's to moving forward, fam. If you're new to the Better Tomorrow community, welcome home. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out on social media or through good old fashioned email. It's hey at btr-tmrw.com. Until next time, be good.